Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and welcome to another episode of the Make Motherhood Diverse podcast. I am your host, Remy Chardé. I hope you're all doing well and I hope that you enjoy the episode. See you on the other side. That's always what I say. Yeah. Um, we were just discussing Laura's daughter potentially popping up during this episode. Um, <laughs> she's in the background. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Do you want to introduce yourself? I am Laura Bailey. Mrs. Mrs. Laura Bailey. Put a ring on it. Um, I have a blog that I started. Am I telling my whole story from the beginning? Yeah, yeah. Say, well, say as much as what you feel comfortable with. Um, so on Instagram, I am that mum with cancer, which is a bit depressing. I'm going to have to introduce myself now. Um, but yeah, I started blogging when I was diagnosed in 2017. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Go on then. Oh. Like, share, do share, do share. <laughs> this is a safe space. This is a safe space. Um, so in June 2017, I was diagnosed with stage three inflammatory breast cancer. Um, Effie had just turned one in the March and I was diagnosed in the June. So it was all a bit of a whirlwind. Um, I didn't realise till recently how I was still dealing with like postpartum. Is that how you say it? Yeah, postpartum. Partum. Yeah, it's postnatal. American say postpartum. Yeah. That's what you like postpartum. postpartum. Um, just say postnatal. Postnatal, postnatal yeah. Thing, yeah, like postnatal hormones and and issues and stuff. And I didn't really address that at the time. That's sort of come now, which I feel is why I baby her a bit. Do you feel like you're aware that you do it though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Made my peace with it. <laughs> but she's also the youngest of three. Yeah. So my eldest is eighteen this year. Um, I had her when I just turned twenty one. 21 in the September had her in the October um, and then 10 years later had Bert who's 8 this year and yeah and then F in 2016 and did you did you um, thingy did you have any awareness that you maybe didn't feel great because obviously you were pregnant as well so could you tell I I knew there wasn't so I well the, when I was pregnant with Bert he was massive, he was 10 pounds, and obviously life's just busy and I was I was always tired, but again, every everything that has masked my cancer symptoms are all the things that come postnatally. Yeah, and um, I get a lot of women messaging me who've been diagnosed, they were like, oh my God, like, I've... and also the thing that got me is that I breastfed. All the things they tell you to do to like reduce your risk. Oh. I breastfed, so I was breastfeeding my um, like Effie with cancer in my boob, it's, it's like, it's, it's head fucky. Am I allowed to swear? Of course you're yeah. allowed to swear. Somebody else <laughs> asked me that as well. There's going to be a few episodes on here where people might hear someone say, am I allowed to swear? Of course you're allowed to swear. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was a bit like head fucky. And that's one of the things that I didn't really deal with at the time because I was like survival mode. I've got to live, I've got to live, I've got to live. Um, so did my treatment. I did chemo, radio, um, mastectomy node clearance reconstruction um and then spent like a blissful month or two um thinking that you know hashtag i got this uh but no unfortunately it spread to my bones and then then came it was almost like which is going to sound a bit weird because it was like really terrible news but i got a chance to just take a breath like shit this is bad i'm stage four i'm incurable I've, you know statistically I've got about 10 years my daughter's three like this is not great 
but I got to then explore things that I didn't feel that was important because I had to live, I had to live. Well, now I kind of know where my fate is sealed. I can just be more, like, exploratory. Do you feel a bit more like you have, you know, you have the freedom to think of other things because I guess you're aware of yeah. what, what the likelihood is of the yeah. next few years of your life? Yeah, 100%. I've almost got, like, I'm, all, I'm starting to feel a bit freer because everyone says, you know, live like... What is it like? Oh, live like this is your last day or the last conversation. Yeah, but nobody actually does that. It's just one of those. It's another hashtag, isn't it? It's another meme that you just do to be inspirational. But nobody ever does because everybody fears death. That's that's instinct. That's primal instinct to fear death. But when you know it's coming and you, I don't know. Like I just feel a bit like I just walk on a in a different plane to everybody else now. You move, you move different. Yeah. My How world do just... you feel about? everybody else then because obviously like we're friends yeah and like you have people who obviously we've only met each other the past few years yeah yeah? but you've got people who've been in your life for most of it and they're not in the same mental space no they're not if i sort of say anything about you know when i go they're oh don't say that don't say that they're still like in survival mode mentality because you don't want you know you don't want to go oh well don't worry love i'll make sure that's at your funeral People don't want to say things like that. I've been around death since I was six. My sister died. Um, she was a year older than me um, in an accident. So for me, I've death has been part of my life from, from it's all I've ever really known. Like in where a lot of people, when I met my husband, um, his nan died just shortly after we got together. And that was the first death in his family. Okay. Like that's, and that was the first funeral he'd ever gone to as an adult. I was like, I've been doing this consistently since 1988. <laughs> also, that's another thing. <laughs> she says things that you're not supposed to laugh at. And that's that's how we became friends, because you was making an inappropriate <laughs> joke about something very serious to do with your health. And it's very hard not to laugh when you say things like that. Yeah, and give certain laugh. looks. I think you should laugh. But do you want to talk about that? Because we were talking about that. We saw each other yesterday and we were talking about specifically that thing. Because, you know, I think that was kind of like, I think for a lot of people actually, a, a pull to you is the fact that you're very open about things. and But also yeah. you, and you shouldn't have to, but you do make other people feel comfortable with yeah. what you're dealing with. That lady did say something in- interesting last night, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Joe Jones, mm-hmm. and she said my fear of it is, um, like you being the butt of a joke, and I and I never thought of it that way mm-hmm. before, and I was like no, but and then the other girl um agreed with me. We were like no, it's because it's ours. We can joke about it. that's our personality. It might not work for everybody, but ah. I'm not. Um, I don't even know what I was saying now. We were talking about um, you making jokes and then you said, Joe, who is, by the way, the founder of Beauty Banks, really important important initiative. Yeah. Um, it's like food banks, essentially, but for hygiene. Um, totally off topic, but yeah, anyway, go on. Yeah, and she said about, but are you sure that it's not that you're like, I don't want you to be the class clown? And that was like, oh, I never thought of it like that. I've been, I've always been this way. I you know tell jokes at funerals it's just the only way that i deal with stuff but there was another lady there who um was disabled and also agreed with your yeah because she 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 pokes fun at herself now not derogatory 
we're not putting ourselves down and we're not selling ourselves short but there when you know when you you know you know when there should be a laugh and if you more people need to be like that if you could say anything not even could say anything because you can say stuff but i guess when when people around you like get emotional or like struggle to come to terms with things that you're quite all right with how does that like how do you feel about that and like would you do you wish that they weren't emotional because i know no 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 i don't know no 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 i think it's very very important to whatever somebody else is feeling to honor and respect that and that is your right i might not agree with it but that is you know if i make you feel a certain kind of way that's not for me to go well that wasn't my intention you you are well within your rights to feel that Mm. so no i wouldn't no i wouldn't um I just help them deal with it the way they do. If they get sad, I'll make them try and make them not sad. Mm. But I completely respect. And how do you deal with your sadness? Humour. Uh, I'm a talker. I write as well. That's you know a lot of my sadness is saved on a computer somewhere. Is written in mm. journals. Do you know what I mean? That's my sadness. And I truly do believe that in every bit of sadness there is always an element of happiness to be found in it so i'm not a wallower i've got a lot of time for people that are so i'm more of a you know just try and try and get people just to be a bit less hard on themselves one of the things that you've i guess done all of you've done loads of pretty amazing things but you know when we met you said you wanted to leave parts of yourself here for your children yeah, yeah. That, and that was a big thing and and you kind of I've watched you over the past two or three years leave bits of yourself everywhere you go and one of the places you did that was in a letter that you wrote to your daughter for the day that she becomes a mum yeah that is one of the most emotional things thinking about it is like it's, it's deep it was such a deep letter but when you were writing it some of the things that you wrote were just about like the fact that even if she's not all right like that's all right and that she's always she's always had a way. How did you find writing that? But also just like, actually, ima- you imagine today that you want you are also imagining not being there for. Yeah, that that is probably probably one of the hardest things is you know not not hopefully Mia doesn't become a young mum. I would never say that. But if she doesn't, obviously there's going to be. I just, I'm going to be a void and that's, that's inevitable. Everyone's going to be a void in their kid's life at some point. Mm. If, if everything goes to plan and you go before your children, but. You just got told off for talking about her to start. Oh, bless anyway. her for whispering. Um, yeah, but that, that's a daily thing that I have to deal with. And I try and get that across as well, that there is never, ever, in anything you go through, one defining thing that you do, and then that's it, it's all fixed. It's, it's, yeah, remember? Remember what I said? It's, um, it's something you have to work on every day, and how you're going to do it. Like, I spray rose perfume on her pillow at least once a week, so whenever she smells roses she knows that's me like do you know what i mean i'm very very intentional yeah yeah i leave like easter eggs in films i'm leaving easter eggs everywhere it's pretty cool it's a pretty cool way of thinking about things but then also it's hard for some of the like you said writing that some of the easter eggs is, is hard 
yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to leave behind. But... Especially for this one, because mm. with Effie, she's going to probably know me the least. That And that is like the the, the shocker. Because she spends the most time with you. Yeah, which is why she doesn't go to full-time nursery. Because even though she's annoying, doesn't do as she's told... Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not even apologetic. Apologetic. I can't even say it about it. It is. It is what it is. Yeah. I baby Hi. her. Um, yeah. It's just. In a way, I feel like I've got an advantage because I because I'm so aware of my own mortality. I am leaving these Easter eggs, so it's kind of like writing the letter was all as all like don't wait to be in my position. Do stuff like that, and they don't have to be you know essays. I, I intentionally, the letter that I put out, I kept it short and sweet because I don't think it would have had the impact if it was really, really, really long. I thought, you know, what what would I actually, if I was there, what would I say? I wouldn't give her a big sermon, would I? Mm. I would say, your hormones are going to play tricks on you. You trust yourself. Like oh, they, That is what I would say if I was there. Plus, I don't want to, you know choke her up and make it do you know what i mean so you've just it's just all of that but yeah you just got to keep it true it doesn't have to be a sermon when people say to you which you get a lot i've seen it like i don't know how you manage or i don't know how you do it i couldn't imagine blah 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 and then you know they've got things going on in their life which are not as and you should i know you shouldn't compare but it's not as severe as like yeah i think you know i have maximum this amount of time how do you how do you feel about that again that's something that i've always been like um i think my past and things that i've gone through in my life is your worst is not my worst but that's you know life isn't a competition it's not it's not a, a head-to-head race so again very very respectful of people's feelings and you are entitled to feel that so like even I mean I haven't always been like this I'm very very <laughs> fighty in, in my youth and never wanted to see things from other people's point of view but the older I've got you know devil's advocate it's always a good place to be even if you don't agree with the other person you just have to just respect it a bit and, and, and just understand that you're entitled to feel that way and if the world understood that we wouldn't have wars mm. okay well you think going left is right I think going right is right you're never going to change your mind. I'm never going to change my mind. So we either fight or agree to disagree. Or agree to disagree. Yeah. So I just, that's like the principle of of everything. I just, I don't, that's, and if I do get caught in that, what is she moaning about? She doesn't know how lucky she is. That's, that's my issue. And that's something I need to rectify in myself because that's not a healthy place to be. And I find when people get in that, well, she's got no right to moan. That is when you're giving in to the demons in your own head and that's only going to lead you down. It's not going to... It's like when being angry at somebody. It doesn't hurt them, it, it hurts, hurts you. you. Yeah. How do you how do you protect your mental health? Because you, you talk a lot about, obviously, we've just had, you know, nearly 20 minutes worth of conversation about basically how you manage family life and obviously you're married. So you've got a yeah. husband as well. And... My mum um, has had... She was... Um, since she was 16 she is she, back in the days manic depressive i think they call it bipolar now but she yeah. was she was manic so being raised by a severely um mentally ill mum i learned things and i had to learn things early um like what 
when she's having like when the depression is talking and when she's talking so when her head's talking and when her heart's talking and learning the difference young when she's being poisonous knowing that even though it's hurting it's not her heart talking it's her head talking so having those seeing those boundaries and and just again like just respecting the 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 i think i'm quite good at yeah yeah i think i'm quite good at that um yeah so i just think you know being raised by a mentally ill parent it gives you it can either make you angry and resentful or it can make you nurture and protect and seeing even though it presents itself as anger and spite and no no no, she's hurting she's ill you wouldn't you just yeah it's just it's that i recognize that i know like if i'm dipping i'm on my phone instead of being present so i'll be like oh no put that down because when the like the darkness comes that's what it wants it wants you to be on your phone it doesn't want you to be present and being present in in a conversation or with your kids or and everything gets really loud that's when you don't you like i know not to keep going on my phone you need to step back in does that make sense mm. so i just yeah i think i just do a lot of self i self-recognize and you said that a lot of your i guess a lot of the hardest times for you are on a computer somewhere because you write yeah and you've written for how long i've always written but i never thought that it was um, ever worth reading it was just always something that I did, again, not not, not like novels, just like notes. I think my blog is, is I I think I'm, I'm quite good at getting a lot into a little. Yeah, you write in prose. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I've just, and once I get it on paper, it's like, it's filed away. So I know that it's there, but it's, it, it's out. And I'm such a talker. I don't yeah. stop talking. I like that though. Yeah, and I like with my husband. I refuse to argue with him. I will so not you argue. Sit, sit down, have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, healthy communication is the best way. So. But I haven't always been like that. I'd fight first. I'd fight first. Really? I'd, yeah, I'd go out with the ump like before before I had meat. Oh, that was amazing. Um, yeah, I'd go out with the ump and just pick a fight and fight. Really? Yeah. Who does that? I mean, you. Not, this is why I don't drink right. whiskey. Oh, really? Yes, and I can only drink brandy around like certain company because it's fire water. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's like rum, isn't it? Um, but also you, you write things when you're happy too. Yeah. You write things in general. You write things that are nothing to do with you. So not not about yeah, you personally. Yeah. Um and. Why do you do those things as well? Because that's I'm not. I'm so from the same interested place. in in people and emotions and opinions. And one of my favourite things to happen is for me to start off on road A and think that and believe everything that road A is the right thing, and then having a discussion or reading something and actually ending up on X. I don't feel mad about that. I'm like, oh my god, I've like I like to learn. And I was told at school that I was unteachable. I was told that I was insubordinate. I was told that I never amount to anything. That I'm stupid. I'm rude. And I was, and I believed that for a very long time, and disliked myself for a very long time. And when you don't like yourself, it gives people the right not to like you. 
Yeah. So I spent a long, long time. This is why I was fighting. I didn't know how to be a good person or a good friend because I didn't have any self-belief. I didn't like myself, sold myself short far too many times with boys, with friends. And just, when Mia was a couple of years old, I think I just got a bit like, mm -mm. Because when you've got a baby, all you can see is your baby, but you'll know with San. The older they get, the more of a person, and you yeah. can you can now see what they're going to be like when they're older. And I was like, I don't want my daughter to be like this. And Mia said to me the other day, do you know what, Mum, the best bit of advice you ever gave me when it comes to boys is, if he doesn't hold your hand in the street, <laughs> he doesn't deserve anything bedroom-wise. Mm. And that stuck with her. So when she has, like, liked a boy and stuff and, you know, gone on a date or like met him and his mates she's got that in her head if he doesn't hold her hand then no that's you need to yeah. be you need to hold yourself to some regard some yeah inform. how do you um deal because we don't we don't get to talk to many people with teenagers um, yeah we don't hear or we do not we don't get to we don't hear from parents with teenagers about their teenagers we usually hear about the kids that are yeah age. so how are you how have you found it i mean she's nearly 18 now so you've been doing this for a while yeah my youngest brother is um four years older than me up mm. so i've just it's just always been around kids i've got four little brothers um you've got four little brothers sorry i didn't know that yeah yeah i've got five brothers there was wow. yeah i've got a, um uh my eldest stepsister, no, there's eight of us really, um, and then there's Gavin, then there was Lucy, me, Jack, Connor, Joe and Pad. Wow, comes from a big family. Yeah, yeah, my mum was one of nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. Raising a teenager. Raising a teenager, oh lord. I wing it, I wing it a lot, I wing it. I just, do you know what I do, I talk to her, like, I wish I could talk to myself at her age. Mm. And Do you I'm... feel like it's effective? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she, like, she likes hanging out with you. Like, she, yeah. she enjoys your time. Obviously, I can understand why. Regardless of circumstances, some, some teenagers just don't necessarily always want I'm them. not as cool as I once was, though. Like, I, when, when she was little, I was like, I was so cool really yeah yeah yeah. she thought i was the bee's knees but now she, she, she thinks that now i think she's i'm a bit of a cringe to her but she is like she she's very very proud she's yeah. very proud of me and she doesn't hide that like she'll always um like she said stuff and she's cute and she'll send me a little message or yeah she's a good kid and i've, I've never been I've, i don't know whether she's a good kid by design or by default do you know what I mean? So I'd never be like, this is how you should parent because this is the end product. But I do feel that there are definite things that I've had to go through in my life that are, are helping her. And because I've always been so, I've, you know, I don't lie to her. I've never lied to her. Um, and maybe I was a bit too honest. At what you were saying the other day, explaining to Sana about going to see a therapist and stuff yeah. like that. Not everybody will get that because it'll be like, well, what can she understand? But what you've got to understand is this is how we talk to our babies when they come out. We, it's not like, oh, well, when they're one, you talk to them like, up until they're one, you talk to them like, you know, it's, it's, and it's everything that we are. 
but it's also, not just verbalization we, it's the we have something in common that we or we had something in common that we no longer have in common because you was a married woman now i is <laughs> but I you is. you had mia around the same age that i had my daughter yeah and you raised her by yourself for eight years eight years yeah so there's a certain level of understanding that unfortunately sh- you needed her to have yeah like yes no's and um no yes days, yes, and, days, no days. and no days can you talk to people about that can you just yeah, explain that whole right what it is? so like i said i've always been very honest with with mia and um never ever wanted to not be part of something so if like everyone was going to the park or the zoo or something like that i'd have to say to her beforehand like i didn't have a lot of money look babe don't embarrass yourself for me and ask for loads of stuff um i've packed a packed lunch i will make it up to you another day so they were the no days and she would know not to mum can i have this mum can i have that mum can i have another she just she got it and i feel that because i was consistent with it and i was honest with her and then days where you know child maintenance would come in from her dad they were the yes days you know they would you know would go to Cheddington and she'd get a little key ring and she'd get an ice cream I'd still take a pack lunch because I was a single mum on benefits <laughs> but you know there were you know certain things that but she understood that yes no's my god what? what's wrong with me yes days and no days and I just think it's very important regardless of your financial situation as well that it's not always appropriate to can I have can I have can I have they children need boundaries and again with me and i should deny this but if i said to her give me your phone she'd give it to me she'd give it to me because there's that i'm still the mum do you know what i mean like where other people be like oh my god there's no way my kid would give me their phone i'm like what yeah that's i don't and like i mean i don't have a teenager yet but i i remember that if my at that age if my mum asked for my phone i don't think i'd have a choice otherwise you'll get a fucking Denman brush thrown at your head like do you know what I mean <laughs> bristle side down pow well, um, we're not promoting that don't no 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 <laughs> I'm just I've, and I've, I've written about this before as well I'm quite old school with my parent in and um, I'm very proud of that I like oh like the mama wolf have I told you about the mama, my mama wolf no theory tell me I see a lot of um, reasoning with with chill, like with with babies and you know letting them lead and and stuff like that. And I'm a bit like childbed parenting. Yeah, I'm not against it. Speak your truth, honey. Speak yeah, your truth. Yeah, I'm not against it. But my 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 way of thinking is, Mother Wolf has got her cubs, right? What if she let the cubs lead her? What would happen? These cubs don't know what their enemy is, what they're allowed to eat. They know nothing. And the mama wolf is going to... No, she leads them. And if they try and stray, she picks them up, she puts them back. Parenting should be that. Kids don't know nothing. Like, who has a conversation with... <laughs> Sorry, she appropriately <laughs> she just laughed. laughed. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I just... Yeah, some people really, really do blow my mind at the responsibility that they're giving the children as well because they've not had a life they don't know what's best for them but then this is where i feel maybe postnatal care isn't what it should be because people are not confident in their in their decisions i was a very very confident mother do you feel like part of the reason why people are 
I guess letting children lead a bit more in in certain ways is because of their just their unawareness and kind of hoping that the child will instinctively show them. I th- again maybe because of social media um, and another thing that I've always said to Nia, I am not your friend. I am not your friend. That comes, that privilege comes later in life. I am not here to be your friend. The more you don't like me, the more I know that I'm doing my job. Because that is my job. My job is to mother you, not to be your friend. I don't blur those lines. Um, But yeah, I just, oh, some of the stuff I see and I'm like, what? No wonder your kid has meltdowns and like, I know fear is a really bad word but like your kids have got to have an element of fear in you you don't have to beat them to get that but that like but again I can't like I come from a different kind of family to a lot of the women that I know now and 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 see they're all very apologetic and so scared of making a mistake no you've got to own that mistake you've got to make it look like you did that mistake on purpose to make a point <laughs> do you know what I mean it's yeah, you're, I think you're, you're, um... I'm still like, children should be seen and not heard. I mean, Effie didn't get that memo. Yeah, I, I see, there's something, I I hear where you're coming from, because our parents are probably part of the same generation, like the baby boomers. Yeah. So I'm I'm the youngest of three, but my mum had me when she was nearly 40, so our parents are probably around the same generation. And being raised by somebody of that generation, there are certain narratives that just run constant throughout your life, and having having my own child some of those things I definitely did have to redefine my yeah. feelings and the seen and not heard thing is for me a really big thing and I'm really big on letting her you know express herself however it's hard time and a place though yeah it's hard sometimes because I also I recognize why there were certain traditions in place I don't agree with all of them but I do recognize why most of them were yeah. present um but I also think that you know it is important to have different kind of attitudes because on one hand some people might say what you're saying right now is quite restrictive but on the other hand you just spoke about being really open with your your children so when i say children should be seen and not heard i children biggest bugbear sunday mass parents bring like bags of toys and snacks and i'm like how can your kid not sit there for 45 minutes they don't need all of this regalia like you they can don't overstimulate them. But that's not me saying don't stimulate your children. Mm. It's a balance. And I feel maybe I get the balance a bit. I understand the balance. So children should be seen and not heard. They should know how to act around children, around adults. Now, I still wait on my on my aunties and uncles and anybody elder than me. You know, if they wanted a tin salmon sandwich, I'd go and get the tin salmon and cut the crust. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. just um, the way that I was brought up. But not children should be seen and not heard in the respect that I will never hear their voice or hear what they have to say. It's not that. It's a, it's a respect thing around other adults. But my children are not um, are not shy to, to speak. They're not wallflowers. No, no, no. Not at all. No. And they're, you know, Mia's very good at speaking her own truth. But she also knows that if I'm having a... Like, if she was here... She wouldn't interrupt. She wouldn't be like, uh, hi, hi, hi. She knows. Unfortunately, Effie doesn't. <laughs> no, Effie's all right, actually. She's just absolutely demolishing Play-Doh and not doing the one pot at a time rule. 
Oh. Has there ever been a moment with Mia or Bert, I guess, because Bert's nearly, what, nearly eight, you said. Mm. So where they've said something to you and you've, as you said, you know, you've been parenting and then they've come back with something. You're like, do you know what, actually, you might be right. No. Like, never. No. Really? No. <laughs> Why? What do you Tonight. think? Do you think, do you think that it's, you've never thought about it, but not said it? No. Or you just, you just, just kind of been, you just... That's just not a thing for you. No. Really? Yeah. I'm mm. trying to think now. No, I don't think so. And I'm not being arrogant when I say that. I don't know. No, I don't. Nothing's standing out. Um, I'm very rarely wrong. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, it's annoying, but it is true. Oh, you're funny, um, Laura. You are funny. <laughs> um, but like I just said a minute ago, even if you do make a mistake, you've got to act like that mistake was done intentionally to, to prove a point or to, yeah, to that's learn why, a lesson. Yeah, that's why so, I asked you, yeah. Yeah, so maybe, and I've just styled it and just convinced myself <laughs> that was my that plan all along, it. yeah. Um, and then also, you know, like you said, you, you work, or you, you the, a lot of people now that you're around have... Oh, hold on, I have thought of one. Oh, have you? Go on. Does this count? So when Bert was younger... I took him to H&M and said, like, pick some bits. And he went and picked up a sequin bolero from the girls' section. I told him he couldn't have it. Mm. And he was like, why? And as I said the words, it's for girls. Oh, I wanted to just, oh, I wanted to just claw my own skin off. Yeah. So there's been things that I've done because I'm, I'm a pussy and I'm scared that someone's going to, I don't know, judge me, I suppose. Mm. But... I don't like limiting my children, but I do because of pressure. Is that the same thing? Well, I'm I never guess... going to admit that I've been wrong about anything. <laughs> That's the closest. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, pretty, but it's pretty big of you to recognise it because I don't know. You know, whatever happened I, that do day. You know, I love seeing things from other people's perspective, and I might not say it at the time, and it might really incense me that I didn't get it straight away. But I guarantee, once I've calmed down and I've processed it, I'm like, my world's just got a bit bigger. Yeah, so like that situation, you, I'm sure that's never happened again. No, if he wanted a sequin bolero, he'd have all the sequin bolero cardigans. <laughs> all of them. So since then, it's been a thing, I guess it's a, it was a learning curve for you. Yeah. In, literally within that moment. Yeah, saying those words, it's for girls. <sighs> and I think it's really powerful because... I think, and this you know, is my son that I put into ballet. Yeah, he was a ballet ballerina, a ballerino. I don't know what they he call it. Ballet dancer. He was a ballet dancer. Yeah. It's interesting that we call girls ballerinas and boys ballet dancers when they're both dancers. Yeah. Weird. But she, she, yeah. But the There's thing is, so it's... many things though that I, you know, that so, I mean, I'm I'm traditional in some things like you know children should learn how to be around adults and respect blah blah blah, but then I am so don't want to limit my children's the size of their worlds at a photo shoot Bertie um, met um, Dom from Dominique whose book I bought Bert um, it's a really lovely um, LGBT um, journal thing I'll show it to him it's amazing and I bought it for Bert not because I think that he's gonna you know be gay or whatever but I just want him to know that there is a whole world of people and your life will be enriched if you it, experience everybody i've had the best times in my life in brighton in honey club <laughs> like literally up on the podium with like some 40 old like 
I was really young then, so 40 was really old, and I was nearly 40. Maybe he was older. Shirtless man, and we were dancing and talking, and the wisdom that came from his pain and, and his stories. and. But you had to be open to yeah. even being in that environment. Yeah, and I, and I want that for my kids. I don't ever want them not to do something because it's a girl's thing or a boy's thing. It's why I like the matching, I like. Because I never want him to ever feel that he... I think for girls it's slightly easier to be a tomboy that's more acceptable. But for a boy to be feminine and not... And, and be in tune with his feelings. I just I want him to be free and happy and to wear sequins if he want to and then go and roll in the mud. He's very, very um, in, in between. He's very much a boy, but at the same time, like he, oh, he's not gonna hear this till he's older anyway and I'll be dead, so whatever. Um, like, really, man, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> He puts on Effie's like little Lilo Lil shoes. Mm. If he could fit into the princess dresses, he would. He has a tiara on. Um, and I've never told him that he can't wear them. I'm like, yeah, you go for it. Um, I think I think what you're saying is pretty cool because as well, you know, like you said, we've got loads of different people that we're around. We also have children. Um, it's very rare that you hear somebody talk about making a mistake in private. Like, if I wasn't here and we weren't having this conversation today, nobody would know that story and there's a lot of performative lessons that we learn and and sometimes we don't even realize that we're doing it because it's just natural to want to share we live in the age of social media and and we parent via social media sometimes and which i think is such a positive thing i know it gets a lot of flack and mm. it does get misused but i think it is so so positive and again, makes your world bigger. It's well, like, if social media reason... makes you makes you closed off, you're using it wrong. It's there to make your world bigger. And the bigger your world is, the better it is. Now, I, I constantly say I'm so lucky, I'm so blessed. Yeah, I've got a shit prognosis. But I get to do such incredible things. I get to befriend people like you. I get to, you know, love on my kids. There's so much more to love about life than there is not to love about life. And that's the, you know, the mental state. I how like do you, in. how do you feel about your own relationship with social media? Because you, you started your Instagram account talking about obviously your prognosis and your health and, and, and being a mum. Yeah. And you essentially had a newborn when you got your diagnosis and you know, you've got a teenager and, and you've got a little boy that you're raising and you've got a household and the marriage and all of these things. And you didn't try and grow your following. I didn't, I didn't get that from you at all. But people engage with you and people tune in and they want to hear what you got to say. And then you did a really incredible campaign, not on purpose, but because <laughs> somebody got it wrong. Somebody got... Yeah, it's amazing what you can do when you get the um. Yeah, somebody yeah. got their campaign wrong and they spoke about, I guess, what their opinion of what cancer body should look like is. Mm. Um, and then you released a picture of what your version yeah of which your... Mia took of me that was never ever meant for public viewing that was a very you know personal Vulnerable. and it's still and it's I hate looking at that picture it's still mm. not it's not a safe mm. that isn't a safe space for me that is still very very tender and raw and not healed even though the scars are healed in the picture I don't look at that picture and see empowerment I see a very 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 scared pain stricken 
woman that had no power. There was no power in me in that picture. Like at the time, mm. I was I was not done, but done. Not like to the end of the road done, but you know when you're like I'm I'm done for today. Kind you were of tired. Thing. Yeah, I was exhausted. I was exhausted mentally, physically, just everything. I just had no more to give when that picture was taken. But then getting the ump and posting it gave me the power again. I don't like looking at the picture, but what happened after that and the conversations that happened after that, it also opened my eyes to um, dickheads. Yeah. That people, even when you when you share something so vulnerable and some, like you know me, it wasn't premeditated, it wasn't a shock tactic. I got, that's the kind of person I am. I get the ump and I react. And um, mainly for myself, I had to take something back because I felt like something was taken from me. So I had to take it back and that was how I dealt with it. Um, And then on the back of it, glory hunters and dickheads. I don't like that part. And you're still on social media. I would never not be on it. I love Instagram. Controversial. I love it. And you, you you talk to your phone and you talk to your phone on good days and bad days you talk to your phone about when you get new artwork and when you're not having a good day and you're in bed or yeah. if you've just, you know, had a cry or you feel emotional, you you talk about a whole host of different things. If you could start your Instagram all over again, is there anything that you would change? I'd say yes to more things. Would you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say yes to more things because I say no to um like presents and stuff because i don't want to upset anybody why because i'm very like you know everybody has a shit time why 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 do i why do i deserve that when next door's having a really shit time but then i but then i'd be the first to say to you no remy you take that you deserve that I'm, that's why i'm thinking this yeah because... i know I'd, yeah, yeah say yes to more stuff somebody messaged me back joe malone um not actually joe malone but I got the, the sent, shop. yeah sent me um some stuff and somebody was like oh it's all right it's all right for you but not everybody gets that and it kind of stuck with me because i am a people pleaser and i do and you know when people say don't care what other people think of you i don't like that because i do care i don't care for your judgments on me as such but i do care that what you think of me because I okay not everybody gets gifted things but also not everybody has cancer yeah everybody not everybody has to sit down and have those some of the conversations that you've had that you will never share with your kids are the hardest things you will ever have to do in your life and there are people whose entire life they will never have to do anything as hard as that and so like you said everybody's truth is different and everybody's um I guess opportunity is different and and sometimes that is unfair but i don't think that you have been dealt the fairest cards anyway so if somebody wants to send you something i agree with you say yes to yeah it. say yes to more things and also put yourself put yourself out i'm not very good with rejection i'm not very i think that stems from being told that i was shit basically that i couldn't write and that i was stupid and it is still like every time I post something that I've written, the fear in me, 
but then I think that's quite good. But you, to always you, have you that. get told you're a good writer now quite a bit. So how does that? You feel? were the first person to ever call me a writer, and I was like, really? Yes, that is it. I'm a writer. That was yeah. it. it. Changed my no, bio. Your writing's really good. I I remember reading a piece of your writing that had nothing to do with you having cancer, and up until that point everything that I'd read that you'd written was about your feelings or about your family. And I, I loved it. I thought it was incredible to hear your perspective. But I never thought about your life outside of cancer until yeah. I read that. And I can't even, to this day, I can't even remember what it was that I read. But I just read it and I thought, fucking hell, she's a really good writer. Like, I knew you were a good writer about your truth, but most people are really good yeah. at telling their truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're an expert on yourself, aren't you? But yeah. then you were just writing about something that wasn't to do with that part of your life. And I was like, wow, like... She does have, you know, all these other things and, and I never considered it. And I read your writing and I was like, wow, like she's a really, really good writer. And, you know, I wanted to talk to you as well because I think there are so many parts of you that people maybe aren't looking to find out about you. Not that it's not there or that you're not sharing those bits of your, yourself, but that's not why they come to you and that's not yeah. why they come to find you. And, you know, we've sat on panels before and most of the time, you know, we get hired for because I've got cancer and you're black yeah, yeah so. that's, that's basically it <laughs> and, and you and know that's we always how, get asked those questions as yeah, well but that's how how race and medical condition can kind of like unite you to like put put us both in that understand that in each other that actually yeah. you know you're more than your skin colour and I'm, I'm more than cancer yeah but then like, this is why I think people might come to us for that but then they stay because they see yeah, they've got extra than, you know, more than what they've asked for. Bonus, babe, bonus. <laughs> um, bonus. What, what are your next plans of anything that you want to achieve or do? Because you also um, spoke about doing some things that you've never done before, like just doing firsts. When you were talking about going to a festival with your family. And oh, I did that last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And oh, you spoke in, about, yeah. you know, that was something that you'd never done before and yeah. you'd always wanted to do it and you finally had done it. So do you have any other things? I waited. Well, not that I waited. I did something that I could have easily have done when Bert was a baby, like able-bodied-wise, and never did, but then did it with my mobility scooter, Rocking Camp Festival. Um, and it was amazing. I mean, I didn't take um, Ethel. I might take her this year. if She's lucky. Um... <laughs> But yeah, no, it, it was amazing. That's where I'm my most happiest as well. What, I mean, when I'm, you're doing things that are... When I'm outdoors. Feel... And I don't mean rock climbing. I'm not like... I'm not like... I don't like the feeling I'm about to die. But I mm. do like being outdoors. And I love the freedom of... And I love music. And I forgot how much I loved music. Because I've always got like Bing on. Oh or... my gosh, we need to go out. Yeah. We need to come out of here on a night out. Brixton is one of my favourite places to go. I don't go out in <laughs> I live there. The locals, I don't, I don't want to see them in the What's rain. the one on the corner? Not the jam tree. What was You're the talking one? about jam? Yeah. I've never been there. Oh my God. I've never been to jam in Brixton. Have any of you guys ever been to jam in Brixton? Because I know it's like a famous venue. And yes. I know that Adele's first ever gig was at jam in Brixton. And then there's um, one on the high street. What was that called? I went to see the first there a few times. Um... No and then Dex above KFC, you know that one? Oh, the Prince of Wales. Yeah, I used to work there. Yeah, yeah I used to work yeah. there. Um, and now then there's a pub called Raven. The Windmill, yeah. The Windmill's a pretty nice pub, actually. Oh, they've done it up. But yeah, that was really like... Really Really? Yeah. They used to have a pig on the roof. 
No, now it's called Dogstar, first of all. Now it's called Dogstar. Oh, you used to have a pig on the roof. But it was like, um, it was infamous for, for music. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like a bit like, of a Brit popper. So yeah, you should. Oh my gosh, yeah. In fact, I was no, a bit yeah, grungy, baggy jeans. So basically, that's what your next Ironic plan is. T-shirt. Your next plan is to just hit the clubs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know about hitting the club. I wouldn't know what to do. Like, yeah, I'm like, how do, how, do, how do you dance? What do you it do? Would be so good. People scare me. No, oh, don't talk to me. Don't touch me. <laughs> I am. I'm like an anti-social social person. I think we're done. You know. Yeah. Do you want to add anything else? If people want to find you, where can they find you? On Instagram. What is it? At that mum with cancer. And what is your blog? What is your website? www.thatmumwith.com Thatmumwith.com Okay, no problem. Because the plan was to drop the cancer when I got over the cancer. I was going to be like that mum. Yeah, like that mum with, and I was, you know, going to, that's why I bought that domain name because I was going to be like that mum with and like all the different parts of me. The cancer never went, did it? But you've Aww. still added all the whiffs. Yeah. You still, you still Kids, added all the Kids, cancer, and a lot to say. <laughs> the community here at Make Mother Diverse is always growing, and we welcome any and every opportunity to connect with as many of you as possible. The main ways that you can get involved are via our Instagram. The handle is at Make Motherhood Diverse, and on there we feature as many stories as possible, and we also do Instagram takeovers. The other way is you could come onto the podcast the email address is mmdpodcast at gmail.com and the final way is writing a blog post our website is www.makemotherhooddiverse.com and other than that i hope you enjoyed the episode i've been your host my handle is at remy Chardet, and we will see you next time